hamster with a blunt penknife would do it quicker. Welcome back to a Hamster with a Blunt Penknife. John, how are you doing? Good, thank you, Joey. How are you? I'm a bit anxious after episode four, if I'm honest. It, it was a bit that was, scary. That was shitty bad scary, wasn't it? Shitty bad scary, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think so. I think in terms of uh, the first six years of Doctor Who, this and maybe like parts of Fury from the Deep are about as shitty pants scary as it gets sure are yeah i mean it's probably maybe two of the cybermen as well parts of oh, that kids of that. i don't know yeah 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 oh it's all se- that's, that's all season five isn't it it's all season five yeah oh they called it well they call them like the monster years don't they the monster years absolutely there's there's a reason for that. it's some of the most iconic monsters that's what um, that run isn't it Deborah Watling drops in 30 Years in the TARDIS when she's talking about that. Um, look, as a complete uh, side note, did you ever watch the um, Missing Episodes documentary that was, that yes. was on? Yeah. Um, what was up with Debbie Watling in that? That was strange. Yeah. She's kind of like a dark, a, amazed at everything that, that happened, even the most mundane things. <gasps> I. Just take the cheese sandwich. Oh. She's like, it was found in a Mormon church. Like, you know, like very, very well, weird. It's, it's extra shock value, isn't it? But you remember what we oh. said earlier? When you get older, you become an eccentric. And I think that definitely happened there with her. I think so. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's such a shame that, you know, all these companions are sadly no longer with us. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a bit sobering watching Doctor Who. Anything, yeah, you know, very, you know, there's some young on screen, real life gets in the way. But um, there's there's one nice. um, there's one commentary that uh, I love, but it really makes me sad, and that is uh, the Planet, Planet of, of the Spiders. Spiders one. Yeah, where now they've all gone, you know. But that was yeah. only what, like, ten years ago they recorded that. Two thousand seven, they recorded that. Yeah, yeah, it's about thirty. Yeah, Richard, Richard Franklin's still with us, but. All the others are, yeah, it's, yeah, sobering, really. Um, and as another complete side note, uh, at the convention I was at recently, Richard Franklin and Katie Manning were on stage together. Uh-uh. And um, Richard Franklin was trying so hard to pull focus. But when Katie Manning is on stage, you don't have Can't. a home. <laughs> <laughs> so he started trying to be controversial. And um, the oh. she, no, she's still she's still out like outshone him. Like the, I don't think anybody could pull focus from Katie Manning. You you, you cannot stop the force of the Manning. You cannot. It's isn't the Manning. I would have loved to have seen Troughton at a convention though, because he wasn't a public speaker, was he? So that would have been interesting. Yeah, he was he was very shy by all accounts. Very you know very quiet you know quite quite an unassuming guy. Um, but there's a fascinating bit of footage on YouTube, and it's the day before he passed away, uh-huh. and he's just casually talking, just like you know, he's he's actually sitting in, sitting in the audience of the convention, and he's got his you know his bottle of water, and he's you know talking about what he's going to do next week, and it's really really quite poignant actually. Just what is it he described um, theatre acting as? Just shouting for. People shouting, I think. Shouting oh, in the evening, I think it was, yeah. I shouting don't... in the evening, yeah, yeah. I don't do that, shouting which is, in the which evening. Which is great, genius. 
well. He was never out of work, was he? Because he was never out. Well, superb actor. Mm. You know, superb actors don't. I'm not out of work. Would you like to see this superb actor in action? I sure would. Let's. I I think you should. Yeah. So five. Um, So you tell me. Count me in. The fucking thing. (laughs) Five or. Here we go. You're good. Okay. So uh, I think in episode five, <clears throat> this is where like the who done it really starts to cohere. It does, yeah. It's um, like I said before, I love murder mysteries. I mean. Put me in front of ITV3, and I'm, you know, happy as a, you know, kid in the sandpit because they've got all your Poirot. Oh, even Midsummer Murders, I, oh. I do like Midsummer. Do you know what I love about Midsummer Murders? Like, done Doesn't that all take place in like a small area? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm amazed there's actually anybody left. You know, but like, I love the whole Who Done It element of it. And you think, could it be, could it be Travers? especially when he plays it so well which he does yeah he actually looks like something is actually taking control of his, of his mind and his body it's great performance there absolutely is a fine line between doing a, a, a terrifying possessed performance and tipping over into a hilarious like richard Bryars. richard Bryars? yeah <laughs> we'll be back to collect the rubbish later (laughs) but wait what about bernard archard oh bernard archard is brilliant oh that is there is a lot of good possessed acting i mean is that tony beckley in seed of doom when he's possessed in the last episode of seed of doom it's Harrison Chase. That is great. Um, Bernard Archie is excellent, actually. I'm, really. try, I'm trying to think of another terrible one. Like Janet Fielding. Yeah, Janet. Oh, Janet Fielding is excellent. Snake Dogs. That is just genuinely, you know, chivers down the spine moments. That is absolutely brilliant. What about Bad when? Um, yeah, what about when Paul Darrow was possessed by Richard III in Time Lash? Yeah. <laughs> And he is the traitor. <laughs> <laughs> Save your breath for the time, Ashton. <laughs> I can't remember the line, but it's one line in episode two, and he just it just cracks me up every time I see it. It's when he when the doctor goes into the Borat's chamber and he holds him at a gunpoint, he describes the Borat as the most terrifying being in a galaxy, or something like that. And he just really had it. Just cracks me up oh, whenever I see it. I in a good way. It's, it just makes me laugh. It's just heaven in that story. <laughs> and boy, does it need it, you know? Yeah, yeah. But this kind that of was, raspy, I'm, I'm raspy kind of acting that he's doing here, uh, it's just on the right side, I think, of, of possession acting. He, he does it very well. Very, very well. Because like, you mentioned Pab- Padmasab. The, Whatever his name is in the abominable snowman, <laughs> pa- pa- Padman Samnava, Padman Samnava, 
Yeah, one of my friends has real trouble with that. You should hear wh- wh- where he ends up at the end of that name. Um, with Pad from The Abominable Snowman. Paddy. The, the the bad side of it is, and I think it's a good performance, is it just drags a slow story down to a crawling halt. Because it he takes him like a year. In a very kind of glacial way, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It is where to remember. <laughs> Speed up, man. Speed up. Oh, you know. So he has returned. So, you know, it's like. Okay, it's very I mean, was the script under running Maybe. that episode? Maybe it was. <laughs> What's his name? Right, so really slowly, so you can pad out this very, very short episode. So you reckon they're saying, Wolfie, slow it down, mate. We've got to pad this Wolfie, out. Wolfie, mate, yeah, slow down. <laughs> we could hire you again in the leisure hive, but the script's are really up. What about Lala Wars no, possession Megal, in... Megal's um... part four, it's like 18 minutes long, what about they, they could really do with Meg, with Wolf Morris as Meg was actually. That's a good possession performance, I guess. It's not really possession. Tom Baker, yeah. But... Oh, when, when he screams, I am Meg. Uh, the carriage goes, I am Meg. Yeah. Right, and he really does that. But he does it well. Oh, dear, oh, dear. And in terms of who done it, like this, I think this is quite a subtly done whodunit whereas then you have something a bit like um terror the vervoids which is slightly less subtle <laughs> where they're yeah, like they're... i find that just the reveal of that is but it's, it's like they put names into a hat and they thought uh right okay who could be picked? oh yeah it's the guy who's on love Jimmy. yeah pick him and it's kind of no real build up to it you know it's just very kind of randomly done i mean you just and the the, reveal, the way the reveal is done is really boring as well. It's just him putting a gun on the Doctor. It's like, oh, by the way, Doctor, Well, yeah. let's be and honest, though. In Verboids, it is Murder on New York Express. Everyone's fucking done something, haven't they, in that story? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Robots of Death, that's a pretty good whodunit, isn't it? That's great. Unfortunately, Mike Lee Bright kind of botches up, but I can overlook that. Are you talking about you the know? trousers? The trousers and, and also the video effects space in yeah. part three, because you can tell it's David Bailey. Um, but then even then, you could you could kind of reason it by saying, well, maybe maybe Taron Capel is actually imitating the Das character. Maybe he's actually somebody else pretending to be Das. So what? you could reason it that way. What about but, um, Horror of Fang Rock? Now that isn't a who done it, but it's like a who, it's a who is possession. it? Who is the Rutan? You know. Yeah, who is the Rutan? And again, again, Colin Douglas actually was very well obsessed with when he does that smile, smile of evil. That yeah. is, especially when he confronts things at the beginning of part oh, four, yeah. and he's, he's like, <laughs> and it's great. It's you know that is brilliant behind the sofa stuff. So I suppose it is a, a subgenre mm. of Doctor Who all of its own. The Who does it is, yeah, and that's probably why I like. Those story, you know, we were talking about top tens and robots and death and aura fan rock are, are in my top ten stories. Um, what about the along with this? What about the ultimate parody <clears throat> who done it? The unicorn and the wasp. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't he turn into Bruce Forsyth at the end of that? Something like that. Like, I mean... 
Oh my god! Um, I do love that episode, though. I I have a fondness for unicorns. Yeah, I, I, I like it actually. I mean, it's, it's a bit of whimsy. Yeah, it's it's great. You know, it's it's good fun, and you know, it's enjoyable. But they're deliberately like you've got it's a deliberate pastiche. Donna Zary and popcorn going. So she did it. That he did it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Catherine Slade, brilliant, brilliant. Oh, sorry, I've completely derailed us from the web affair. That's all right, that's all right. But yeah, the, the pool of whodunit suspects is getting, you know, it's getting quite thin on the ground. It's, you know, it could be Evans, could be Colonel, uh, could be Ant, could be, you know, it could even be Travis, but it's it's a very clever red herring. But I think the reveal is incredibly effective because I don't think the suspicion ever falls on Arnold, does it? No, no. And at this point, you think he's dead because he's vanished into the web with, um, you know, he, he didn't come out like uh, Lane. You know, his corpse suddenly wheeled out. Yeah. But, you know, Arnold, for all we know, is dead. Uh, oh, and there's a, there's a, I'm not sure if it's in this episode or if it's in the next one. You've got Victoria and Travers, and they're being held hostage. And then the camera swings around to the um, announcers thing, and this yeah. really scary voice starts coming out. Yeah, and I, I like that because it, it actually doesn't sound like. I mean, it's Jack Woolgar just doing a voice without the the accent. Yeah. Can I? Okay, will you forgive me if I am incredibly crude for a second? Go for it. I'm really sorry, but I promised a friend of mine that I would mention that this story is drenched in a sticky web. So there it is. All right. You happy, Mark? <laughs> I just promised to make that one comment. And I mean, there, there was a particularly dramatic sticky web in that door there. So I thought I'd, I'd drop it at that point. I think... I'm never going to be able to watch his story. In this. I'm so sorry. I'm really sorry. Like, I even think the idea of the um, the spheres is really, it's very simple. It's just a little ball. that. But yeah. you hear the noise and you know the horror is coming. Yeah, beeping noise. Beep, 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 beep. I think, I think the market has missed the trick with this. They could do like a remote controlled sphere. Because they keep bringing out all the toys and figures from the old ones. They should really do that with the... Uh, you know, control your own sphere. Well, they didn't bring back the spheres or any of that with uh, the new series, Great Intelligence Stories, did they? I don't know. I've forgotten. Uh, <laughs> well, you forgot well, the episodes. I, I know Rich D. Grant just come and sleepwalked his way as possessed baddie, whatever his name is. Well, do you remember? It's, so they it's do, complete bodge, wasn't it? Well, they started with the Bells of St. John. It's, it's introduced there, and it, but it's the World Wide Web rather than actual mm. web. And then at the end right. of, at the end of that mini season, that's when you have uh, Richard E. Grant and uh, it's the Whisper Men, isn't it? Like these whispery Are they the things that take the they sort of peel their faces off and yeah. there's like nothing there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just rather crude yeah. effects. Uh, yeah, like I say, I I can't, I can't my mind's got blank. It's not particularly not very memorable. No, it's it's not, and that's the problem. Whereas, okay, this is simple. 
Yetis, underground, web guns. Yeah, very simple. Yeah. But, but hugely memorable in how it's executed. Yeah, it's it's such a simple idea, but done so well. And I think it's a mistake when they try and bring try and recapture the glory days. Yeah. I think I think I did all right with the Zygons um in the Zygon T Barta in yeah. yeah, but I just don't like those rubbery Zygons. They don't look as effective. Yeah. The transformation is nowhere near as good. I, I prefer this kind of retro video effects they used to do the They just kind of stalk the picture and it just looks more alien. Do you know um, my favourite uh, drop of a classic series monster in the new series is um, the macro in Gridlock? Just because I couldn't believe they had the nerve to do it. Yeah, I, I, I didn't get that. I mean, I loved it. I, I really think they missed a the trick there because they could have kind of run with the whole brainwashing thing because the macro in the macro terror they did that. And they kind of missed a trick, you know, by not saying, oh, well, actually, macro behind, you know, Sally Clips or whatever, the hologram. Um, so it just comes across as a bit, you know, to me, I, I find that one quite dull. Oh, you know, which is a shame. Maybe I just like Sorry. seeing the seat. No, well, no. Disagreements are all part of this. John, if we all thought the same thing, how dreary would the conversation the thing, be? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, listen, That's can you hear that voice? voice? Yeah, it's creepy. It's, it's creepy. Something about this important voice is creepy, creepy sound. I'm going to drop another controversial opinion on you now, right? Yeah, go for it. That you probably won't agree with. Um, I think Jamie should have left in season five and any one of Web of Fear, Fury from the Deep... Um, I, I would have bumped him off on one of those two stories. And the reason is, is I think Wendy Padbury and Patrick Troughton are strong enough to hold up season six together. And in fact, they get yeah. most of the best scenes in season six together. And Jamie's yeah. kind of on the periphery of that. Yeah, they, they kind of don't really use Jamie's character quite as well as they do in his earlier stories, I think. Yeah. He's more kind of there for... I don't want to say comedy value, but it's kind of more along those lines, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Patrick Tran and Wendy Pabry get some great scenes, you know, uh, even the Dominators. So before when they're talking about forming, you know, you know, reasoning the Dominators' plan, why it's behind this, and they just... The Crotons? each other so well. Yeah, the Crotons. Oh, man. Crotons is great, absolutely. When they're, when they're on the teaching machines, they, they just have this brilliant answer. And it's, it's so good. such a good performance. And Jamie's just kind of bumbling around, chin wagging with the crotons. He doesn't the, do anything. The mine robber, the scenes with the carcass, and in the maze. Yeah, the carcass, yeah. That's all the Doctor and Zoe, isn't it? Yeah. It's great when Wendy Padry tries not to laugh when she's in the, <laughs> uh, when the Doctor comes up with the cloak. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's just great. And now, I, and I wouldn't want to get rid of any kind of scenes between Trout and, and Fraser Hines, because I think they're always very good together. Uh, yeah, and, and it is like the ultimate bromance, isn't it, in Doctor Who? But it is in, the ultimate in terms of bromance, isn't it? Yeah, using his character effectively, I think that kind of ends in season five. On the whole, yeah, which is a shame, really. Yeah, it's kind of like the the writers became more interested in in Zoe and the possibilities that character had. Do you remember in Evil of the Daleks when he has that confrontation with the Doctor about? Yeah, him? and it's it's, it's, it's quite, quite shocking, isn't it? Yeah. 
yeah so yeah so the, so there's there's my uh that's my there's controversial your controversial the... sorry fraser nothing, nothing wrong with a bit of quick shots nah, I, I think he's great fraser Hines is great as jamie like you would think by this point we're in episode five you'd think by this point these sets would be a bit oh you know we're still down here he's Season still shoot like there was a there was a, a fade there with them being shot from the distance to them being shot up, he's constantly finding inventive constantly ways. Constantly finding new ways, cross fades and unusual camera angles, just really effective directing choices. And there's Arnold. God, he looks ghoulish, doesn't he? He reminds me a bit of the It's Man from Monty Python. He's kind of all ragged and tattered. I think he's going to say, It's. Do you know? There is one thing that baffles me, right? Is when Doctor Who finds a way of doing something right. So I just saw the Yeti being shot from below there in an incredibly yeah. like, oppressive way. So I don't understand why other directors don't look at that and go, right, okay, that's how you do it. I know. It's it's unusual, isn't it? I mean, we're back to Ron Jones. Why why does he shoot Arc of Infinity or time the majority of time flight? in such a dull fashion because there, there are some good directors peter grimwade is a good director graham harper's a great director matthew robinson is a great director in that era like but there are one or two though with peter moffat again is a little bit hit and miss yeah but he can hit i think yeah it's stated the case it's very good it, it, you know it kind of sinks that to the team five doctors i think is actually quite good yeah. as well but um, like you know, the um, the Ergon in Arc of Infinity, where which oh, always is always shot in long shot in the yeah. in the bright. Whereas if you just turn the lights completely down and shot it from below, mm. I'm not saying it's going to be the best design monster ever because it's not. But you can exactly, probably do yeah. something with it. Turn the lights down. Don't have farting music every time it comes on. <laughs> it just wobbles on. It goes. <laughs> 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 With his gun, and it's just laughable. Yeah, I think mean, he just kind of stumbles back out again. He goes, bah, 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 bah. but you look at off. you look at the eighties as a whole. I just think they lost that ability to shoot monsters. Think back to Terror of the Zygons again, episode one, where the Zygons are introduced bit at a time. To zoom in it, yeah, yeah. Zoom in at the cliffhanger, which is great. It blends with Sarah's scream. That's something to do with john nathan turner's new broom of like we're not having any directors from the past you know so then people are coming in and trying to figure out ways and a lot of the time failing to execute yeah. it they well they had pennant roberts who directed some some of the uh, the old stuff and I, don't, I don't think he quite got it right with the murk i think it would have been better to keep the murker off screen I think it would have been better to kind of, you know, just have it from a monster's point of view, and then just, you know, kind of picture it as this terrifying monster, rather than get Bob in the pantomime horse from Rentacles. I feel like that, that is the biggest understatement you've ever made, that <clears throat> Pennant Rivers didn't quite get it right with the Burka. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm the master of understatement. What can I say? <laughs> okay, so Arnold's back in the action. Arnold so... is back. So he could potentially be. He could potentially be, but there's no reason to come to. But the great thing about the recovered episodes is that there are kind of subtle hints. He kind of, uh, I think it's an earlier episode, and Jamie's asking, "Why do you think it's the intelligence?" And he sort of gives this weird kind of alien look, like, 
no reason, lad. Yeah. And it's kind of, he does this sort of weird thing with his eyes. And there's another bit in episode four when he looks off, he gives this look that this with this kind of a smile. And you think, oh, right, something's up with this guy, isn't it? And it's just lots of subtle hints that Jack Wolgar does. And but, it's great. Um, so obviously, we've had Travers possessed already. So there's a yeah. good chance it's Travers. Um, yeah. Courtney is giving a really edgy performance. So you're kind of suspicious of. And then Chorley turns up in the next episode, really on well. edge. Like, like giving, like he's terrified, you know? Yeah. But could that all be an act? Exactly. Just like Evans, could all this, you know, blundering buffoonishness just be an act? So I think, I think they get it just about right. They do get the whodunit right. I think for a whodunit, you need that claustrophobia, which is where the robots and Beth gets it so right. It's brilliant, that story. But like, I, th- I think in order to pull off a twist like this, you have to um, divert attention in other directions. That's what Agatha Christie did so well. Is yeah, that so she, many details. She would yeah. have you looking at that character and that character, and you forget all about that character over there. The um, yeah. Okay, I'm going to drop a spoiler about an Agatha Christie book now, so forgive me, everybody, if you haven't read this. The murder of Roger <laughs> Ackroyd blew yeah. my mind that she had <clears throat> the fucking nerve to make the narrator of the story the killer. I know, I know. Have you seen the TV version of that? Yeah, I didn't think it was the best, if I'm honest. But uh, the co-pilot from The Haunts of Nine on Face, Roger Ackroyd. Oh, does he? But Malcolm Yeah, Tierney? and he no. does. He gets this great death scene when he's like doing what he does in Haunts of Nine on, and he's shaking his jowls. He goes, <laughs> like that. He, he only has one way to die, that actor. <laughs> No, Lord Nymon. I have brought you the tribute. (laughs) Mercy, Lord Nymon. Please, please. (laughs) It's comedy gold. Oh, you know what this is, isn't it? You know where they're nicking ideas from here? The Web Planet. The Web Planet? Yeah, because in the Web Planet, they put the collar on the Zabi. And right, then take yeah. the Zabi along with them as the good Zabi. I must—I haven't seen that for yogs, um, mainly because when we were moving house, all my heart and DVDs got lost in transit, and I just haven't had the money to buy them back again. So I, I haven't seen for a long time the way. But it's probably a good thing, actually. So, and then what they do is they take uh, the the possessed or the the, the Zabi that they've possessed into the lair of the villain. And right, he's instrumental yeah. in the climax, just as that Yeti which is. is. Which is like what it does here, yeah. There we go. So there's your start of 10. What connects the web planet and the web of fear? The web of fear, apart from the Titan. Trout plays it with such glee. He's, he's kind of like a little kid. He's really impressed by all these little achievements. Yeah. I, I, think, I think it's easy to see why he's still one of the most popular doctors. Yeah, and I... It's almost easy to take him for granted because he's so consistently good. Whereas I think like um, an actor like John Pertwee has like big hitter moments. Like I'm thinking like Day of the Daleks where he's like, Styles didn't do it. You did it yourselves. You know, and it's Zoom crash, you know. Yeah. Troughton doesn't really have moments like that, does he? Yeah. Yeah. He he doesn't really. I mean, there's not such a, yeah. 
But Pertwee, he's, he's the master of speeches, isn't he? You know, I use the chin. If I could leave the owl, I would. If only to get away from people like you. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to do a poetry one day, just so you can do loads Just of in voices, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my word. And it's the cliffhanger already. This, this story's flying by. I know, you know, I know. We're five episodes in. Yeah, just got one more and that's, that's your up. And like you said... Or, or maybe like I said, I can't remember that. It's been a while. Um, there, there's a complete change of tack in the last episode, and um, they go more for conceptual horror, don't they? Yeah. With the, the net is just closing in. And there's straight. there's one bit that I really don't think works in the last episode, um, but on the whole, I think it's a really good climax to the story. Yeah, I, I think it pulls it, it off really well. 